Blog Talk Radio. How is everyone going? I tell you what, this is Troy Dooley with the Real Mentors Radio, and I am excited about what's happening and where we're going. And I have to put a plug in for Real Savvy Success. If you go to realsavvysuccess.com, you can click on what we do. You can see that they have a Wednesday 12 noon Academy phone call. And today, yours truly will be doing the training over there. My uh, my title of my of my show today is Sex, Soccer, and Success. And it's how how a woman can balance all three of those. And I tell you what, it is a uh, obviously a titillating uh, title, but it's going to be drop dead serious content as the wonderful Jackie Almer actually interviews me and we discuss three major areas in a female businesswoman's life when she's trying to balance uh, her her husband, the relationship with him, her children, and her own personal success. So you don't want to miss that call. Again, you can go to realsavvysuccess.com to find out more. We are in the Little Red Book of Wisdom. Mark DeMoss, a phenomenal businessman and a leader in his own right, but he has good blood uh, in him, both his father, his father-in-law, uh, dynamic people. And it has been my pleasure to literally study under both of them, learn from both of them, and be able to see what it's really all about. And that's the exciting part for me. This is exciting today. Chapter 3, Tackle Something So Difficult That You'll Never Want to Do It Again. Well, I can tell you, the boot camp. I'll tell you right off the bat, exa- the, the first thing in my life that I ever tackled that I don't want to ever have to do it again, but I wish everybody could do it. Because I don't care, I really don't care what branch of the service, in my case the Marine Corps, it will change your life. It will get you out of your comfort zone. I went in to the Marine Corps, 17 years old, thought I was the baddest dude around, didn't, didn't care for authority, didn't care for responsibility. I just wanted to have fun. But I also knew, coming off of a, of a relationship that I was sick and tired of just hanging out doing nothing. It was 1982. The economy wasn't the greatest. Working at Kentucky Fried Chicken and becoming a manager did not fit into the mold. And since Paige had taken off and didn't want anything to do with me at the time, it seemed to me the best thing to do is hit the Marine Corps. And that's what I did. And on January 13, 1982, halfway through my senior year, because I had all my credits, I got on a plane and went to San Diego, California, stepped off of a bus into a different type of world. And 12 weeks later, after going in thinking I was a pretty tough guy, came out of boot camp understanding what it meant to be tough, but even more than that, what it meant to be a leader. And that was really the starting point for me at 17 into a, a what has now become literally a 30, see I'm 48, so almost a 30-year a endeavor, a little over 30 years, I guess, of study and personal development, leadership, psychology, 
to be able to understand and to be able to serve people to my fullest ability. I was on the phone yesterday with Garrett and Sylvia McGrath, great leaders from Evolve, and we were talking about that very subject because Garrett and, and I and Sylvia are going to try to collaborate on some leadership stuff this year. And it's just it's exciting to me to know that, that it's through what we do that it's starting to pay off, that people are seeing the true agenda behind our radio shows, behind the stuff that we do on the Internet, what we do in our training events. Uh, Real Savvy Success is a prime example, something that we do with their academy because we love to help people. And somebody wrote me and said, Troy, sex, soccer, and success, you know, is that, isn't that unprofessional? Not really, not when you know that the divorce rate inside of the network marketing arena, which is 80% women, is as high or higher as it is in the traditional business world. I think it's very important. But let's not digress. Well, maybe we will because the famous Sting said this, I don't want to fall off the lowest rung of the ladder. Think about that for a second. That's pretty profound coming from a rock and roller. I don't want to fall off the lowest rung on the ladder. But yet, how many times are we afraid to go up the ladder? Or worse yet, we go flying up the ladder to get to the top and realize we're on the wrong daggum ladder. What good is that? Listen to this. I thought this was good. On Monday in early June, 7.45 a.m., Dan Pinkley a college man picked, pulled up his car at the housing division, gestured to me in the back seat, said, there's your first house. I'll pick you up at 9 tonight. Now, Mark's getting ready to tell the story about his, his, his year, his summer between his junior and senior year. It's when he joined the Southwestern Company, and he went into a comfort zone hell because his dad had arranged it, his dad knew what he needed. Funny how dads sometimes need know that. And here's this kid. When his friends were at home working at Dairy Queen and Kentucky Fried Chicken and making, you know, working 40 hours a week, here it is, 8 a.m. in the morning, and he's not going to get picked up till 9 at night. He climbed out of the car, reached for his little case of books, and then he placed one foot in front of the other until his body stood in front of the aluminum screen door. That was the first day of nearly three months of 13-hour work days in rural Pennsylvania. Now, I understand that the nearly three months, 13 hours a day, at boot camp, 12 weeks. You go in as a maggot, you come out as a Marine. Well, not everybody, but some. See, this is this is. Think about this. You want you don't want to send your kids to boot camp. Your mama's on the phone. Oh no, I don't want my son or daughter to go to war. Okay, I understand that. Send them to the Southwestern Company in Nashville. Let them become a door-to-door salesman. You, li- listen, you think Mark had it hard? You think he had to get out of his comfort zone? Think about how many gated communities today say no solicitation on the gate. He's in rural America. You know, in rural America, you knock on the front door instead of knocking on the back door, you may get shot because they automatically know you're a salesman. See, neighbors and friends, they kind of cruise in the back door. They don't knock on that front door. And here he is. Now, he, he had it pretty easy because 
the only thing he was selling was Bibles, children's books, and medical encyclopedias. And the logic behind that, because I've studied the Southwestern companies, is that if if you're a grandma or a, or a mom, because back got to understand back then most of the time the ladies were at home, the men were at work. It isn't like today where there's a babysitter or nobody's at home. They know they're going to knock on the door, and either mom or grandma is going to listen to them as they share some great reading material for the children. Or who, who, I mean, who can turn down a Bible? And the worst case scenario, here's a really good medical encyclopedia for those little emergencies. I'm pretty sure my mama bought all those at one time or another because we always seem to have Bibles in the house, children's reading books, and medical encyclopedias. So I know that there had to be a southwestern boy come knocking on the door. You know, now they were competing with the you know World Book Encyclopedia because we had a set of those and got the new edition, the new book. I mean, I looked for it every January or February, whenever it was, when the new encyclopedia would come in. So I'm not making light of what Mark's talking about here. But understand something. Now, we learned in the first chapter that when Mark went out this summer, his family was in St. Croix on a Caribbean island. It was, it, I mean, when you, when you break this down into the nitty-gritty, Mark DeMoss should hate God because the rest of the family got to spend and invest quality time with Art DeMoss before he passed away. Mark had hardly been home a week when his dad passed away. But Mark didn't look at it like some of us might and say, God, I hate you. Why'd you do this to me? Mark knew that his dad, one of the last things he did as his father, sent him into the battlefield to learn what it meant to get out of your comfort zone. Now, here's what I, here's what I think. I think 95% of the people would never get out of their comfort zone if God didn't kick them in the daggum butt and put them into a life experience that sucks. Now, I speak from experience. I mean, think about this. Who in their right mind goes into the Marine Corps, especially for love? I mean, I've told you all, Paige loved her brother, and he was a Marine, so I figured, you know what? If I go into the Marine Corps, she's probably going to fall in love with me. There are easier ways to get a woman to fall in love with you guarantee you that and even then it was years later before she actually decided that she loved me but that wasn't good enough for me either i still had something to prove you want to know what i had to prove it it took me almost 20 years and and really tom hop working on me for me to figure out what it is i had to prove i guess it was longer than that it was almost Almost 30 years. Here's what I had to prove. That I was good enough for my mom and dad. That's what I had to prove to myself. Not not to them directly. And probably it was more towards my dad than my mom. And I think it goes back to this, to this male side of things. See, I, I, I don't know how females are, so I don't know if you women... Go through this yourself. But everything I did, I had to do it one. I, I just had to be a little tougher, a little meaner, a little, a little badder, a little, a little something different, a little more edgy. Because I just wanted to hear him say, "Man, I'm proud of you." Now, don't get me wrong. My daddy was proud of me. 
Many times he showed that. But it's those words that you crave. I can count on one hand how many times he's told me, I love you, son. You know how how important that is, how, how meaningful that is to me? See, sometimes, folks, that's getting out of our comfort zone. Just saying I'm proud of you to somebody, just saying I love you to somebody, maybe getting out of your comfort zone, just saying, man, I'm sorry, I'm a jerk, can get you out of your comfort zone. But now listen, let's back up a second. Why is it that we have that need? Why would I care what my dad or mom thinks? They raised me not to care about what other people think, just to go out there and make something of myself. Why is it that your spouse wants to hear I love you? Or or if you're a woman, let me give you a little secret. Your husband really doesn't care about hearing the words I love you. That's going to freak you out and shock you because, you, you know, yesterday was Valentine's Day and all the cards said, oh, to a husband, oh, I love you. You're you're my knight in shining armor. You want to know what a husband wants to hear? Same thing I wanted to hear from my dad. Hey, honey, I'm proud of you. Hey, honey, I'm I'm so glad that you're my husband. I I respect everything you do for our family. That's what a man wants to hear. Why Hallmark can't get that through their freaking heads, I don't know. But that, that's that's psychology 101. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. You want to get out of your comfort zone? You want, to, you want to make your husband really excited to give you quality time? Let him know that you respect him. Let him know that you're proud of him. Just take a, a few minutes to know just a little bit about whatever, whatever he does for work, whatever he does for a job or a career. You're going to get out of your comfort zone that way. Men, you're not off the hook. I found something out. A woman don't a woman really doesn't want to know that you think her butt is the sexiest thing on her body. Could be her boobs. I just always was a butt man. Here's what she wants to know. And this is what she wants to hear. Honey, you're a remarkable woman and I love you so much. I know I make life hard for you. And I'm so proud to call you my wife, and I love you unconditionally. And to show you that I love you unconditionally, I want to hear about your day. And just shut up and listen. If you if you really want to freak them out, and look, this isn't in Mark's book, but this was so perfect coming off of Valentine's, I just thought I'd have to add it in because this will get you out of your comfort zone. This will also get your wife out of her comfort zone. If you really want to break out of the comfort zone, take your relationship to a next level, I'm going to have to do this later today, okay? You set your spouse down, your wife, in this case. Go get you a bowl. I'm going to go be buy, I'm going to buy a really nice bowl for this, so I'm going to tell you guys, go buy something nice. Go to the store, go to Walmart, go to anywhere, buy a really nice bowl. And I would suggest getting some... Uh, some lavender or some kind of, of bath salts and put it in the water and then wash your wife's feet. Pamper her a little bit. Let her know how much you love her, how much you care for her, how much you appreciate her. 
that will get you out of your daggum comfort zone. See, even though this show is really about business, listen to me. You can't succeed at business if your life at home sucks. I, I can tell you that right now. you got to break out of it. There's a reason that I go on to radio shows like Real Savvy Success and work to explain to ladies it sucks when you're working. If your husband's busting his butt and he comes home and you're not there, he gets jealous. He gets frustrated, especially if you come home and talk about some stud that you just saw on stage. He crawls into his cave. You're breaking out of your comfort zone. A little bit later, you're separated. Mark, in his in his chapter here, he got out of his comfort zone. But listen, here's the part. Here's why we're afraid to say, I love you, or we're afraid to say, I'm proud of you, or we're afraid to wash our spouse's feet. We want, we don't want rejection. We don't want to go through the pain of hearing the word no or or having somebody throw our words back into our face. That's why people don't say, I am so sorry. Because somewhere down the path, somewhere somebody said, yeah, I bet you're sorry. I told you so. They throw it back in our face. And then what do we do? We clam up and don't want to talk. You want to know why relationships go south? Because people people stop talking. They stop communicating. One side or the other has so much rejection that it's just done. The worst part for Mark was going up to the door and having them say no and slam the door in the face or to close it even nicely. We we make fun of, of Jehovah's Witness and, and, and Mormons. They go on two-year missions knocking on the daggum door. Although I disagree with their theologies 100%, what I admire is the fact that you go through two years of knocking on somebody's door with the majority of them saying, get out of here walking around in black slacks, white shirts, dresses, you're going to get pretty thick-skinned after a while. You want to know the worst part of boot camp? Was thinking that I was doing good and having a drill instructor say, do it again, do it again. That's not good enough, do it again. Because I really thought it was the way it was until I got ready to graduate and they said you you are a rock star and they gave me meritorious mass. See rejection is the kicker. That's why we don't get out of our comfort zone is because somewhere along the way we got out of our comfort zone. And it hurt. And we crawled back to our comfort zone where it didn't hurt anymore. We got back in there where it was safe. You got out of your comfort zone once. You went and asked your spouse to marry you. Most of the time it's the guys, but sometimes it's the girls. You did that. Then you all got married, and then you got back into your comfort zone. Or worse yet, the comfort zone that you're in sucks, so you you, you met somebody at work. She became your your, your work wife or 
or you meet somebody at the club and and you you take innocent flirting, but then the next thing you know, bam, and you and here, diddy bopping on the dance floor, and then diddy bopping somewhere else. Sometimes it's just an emotional thing. Oh, somebody tells me how beautiful I am. They care about me. They 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 tell me that boy, if I was your husband, I'd treat you different. That's all it takes. Sometimes it's it's the breakdown between top field leaders because their egos get a little bit wacky and and they've been the stud, but then somebody new comes up and and they're in their downline and they're busting butt and the company starts praising them. And instead of welcoming that, our comfort zone has been our own pride. We don't want to lose it. Here's what's going to happen. Somewhere in your life, you're going to be forced out of your comfort zone. Most of the time, it's as we get older, and all of a sudden, we realize we can't perform like we used to. My kids were amazed the other day because I've been losing a lot of weight, and I've been really working out in the last year. We were up at the park, and I happened to be on the on the on the rings, and I was doing things on the rings that I'd done in my twenties. And they said, "Man, you really have worked your core up." I said, "It it it hurts too, but it took a while." I had to get out of my comfort zone. It isn't about any of the products that I take from any of the great companies in direct selling. It's the flat fact I got off my little fat butt and I started riding my bike. I started working out. I started getting the cardio. I started hurting again. My muscles started stretching. Most people don't like to talk in public, let alone on a radio show or a TV show. I had to break through my comfort zone. Man, I can tell you what, my, my voice still cracks sometimes, but it cracked like crazy when I was in high school. I didn't want to talk in front of people either. See, that's just scary. See, we don't get out of that comfort zone because we're scared. We're afraid of what other people will say. We're afraid of the pain. And sooner or later, we're not going to have a choice. Mark writes this, in one form or another... We've all been told to face the things that we fear. In one form or another, we've been told, face your fears. Man, I remember in high school, actually it was junior high, I, I, my name was Dooley, obviously. And I had another kid at school, his name was Dooley. But he went to the high school. And some kid came up to me in the junior high because we go to different schools at the time, and they said, hey, here's the tickets that your brother bought to the Van Halen concert. Cool. My little brother didn't buy no tickets to Van Halen. He didn't even know who Van Halen was. He's in elementary school. So now I got these cool tickets. But they weren't mine. Now, I didn't know what scalping was at the time, so I just sold those tickets for face them out and somebody got like front row tickets i never gave it a thought i blew it off next year i show up at the high school and here is ty dooley and he wants to kick my butt because i had his van halen t- he remembered this all freaking year because that was a big deal to him i had to come up with the money it wasn't the 13 dollars i made off the tickets He had paid a boatload more money than that. So he wanted what he had paid for those tickets. And I had to come up with the money. 
I know I couldn't ask my dad for the money. So I had to figure out a way to do it. I had to get out of my comfort zone. We all have to get out of our comfort zone sometime in life, whether it's the relationship that we live in, whether it's our business life. It could be a relationship with work. Matter of fact, boys, let me tell you something. If you've got a little hottie at work and she's coming on to you and you're in a position of leadership and you can tell that it's probably, and and ladies, you too, if the only reason is because she's wanting a promotion or if the reason is because she really does seem to have a flirtatious attitude with you, I'm telling you right now, you better get out of your comfort zone. And fix the situation. It's not worth it. Period. You have to make the change. If you're at work and you come home at night and you are freaking stressed out to no end, things just are not working the way it's supposed to, you're you're hating it and you're taking it out on your family, then it's time to stretch out of your comfort zone and find something else. I'm working with one of my men in men's leadership group at church. He's been a successful meat cutter, worked his way up in, inside the company he's at to where he, he runs the whole department. He's checking out some of the stuff we were doing on, on Facebook and on the blog, and he said, Troy, how can I do this? I said, dude, you start one step at a time. Don't quit your day job. Look at the team that you got around. Just see if you can get somebody to help. And he said, well, your son helps you. I, I think my son would help me do this. Him and his son got together. His son's putting a website together for him. He's going to be doing his own thing slowly but surely, building up what he wants to do, getting out of his comfort zone. See, by forcing you out of your comfort zone, you'll you'll become a new person. Listen to what Mark writes as we shut out today. He said, by forcing me out of my comfort zone, my dad taught me that a business begins where the knuckle meets the door. That's pretty powerful when you just stop and think about it. Mark says, I miss seeing my father that summer, and I miss him still. But though at times the summer was hard on us both, and on my mom too, we stuck it out. In retrospect, that summer job did more for me, did for me what every father wants in their son. It helped me become a man. I think because my dad wasn't one of those wordy type guys that it helped me become a man. I also think in some ways it helped me become a different kind of dad than my dad was. It made me become a dad that my boys would need. Because now I have a little bit of both. I have my dad in me where I can push my boys to the limit. But I also have a part of me where I say... I'm proud of you, son, a little bit more often than my dad did. I say I love you, son, a little bit more often than my dad did because through what my dad did, I learned a little bit more balance of what my boys would need and what my daughters would need. And Lord knows my daddy didn't raise girls, so that one I'm still learning. Get out of your comfort zone. Move to the next level. It's going to hurt, but it's worth it. Chapter 4 tomorrow. The amazing power of understatement, under-promise, and over-deliver. Live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top and be back here tomorrow morning with us on RealMentorsRadio.com.